Joining me now is Steve Barnes, senior writer for The Rebel Walk, has covered uh, the SEC in a number of ways for quite some time, and now particularly with, with Ole Miss. Steve, thank you for taking the time. How, how are you doing today? Oh, just fine, too. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Um, so th- this this whole deal comes up, and it's Walker Howard who commits to Ole Miss, and then right behind him, uh, Spencer Sanders or whatever succession they had, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State also there, and you're like, okay, you already got Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, so this quarterback room could be one of um, the best, actually, in college football, and you've actually got a piece out right now uh, for those who are – listening and are interested in it, go to therebelwalk.com. Uh, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss quarterback room, one of the best in the country. Uh, Steve Barnes, who joins us now on the Sports Drive, writes in. I mean, it, it, this is really going to be interesting, Steve. Is there any reason why you think Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders both ended up transferring to Ole Miss rather than anywhere else? Well, first off, I, I have to admit I like Ole Miss's quarterback room a lot better than Florida's right now. And it didn't yes. cost $13 million. Uh but I, I said this time last year, or this time last fall, um, I thought in Alabama the best quarterback room was at Troy instead of Alabama or Auburn. People thought it was that was crazy. So I said, well, you've got a returning starter. You've got a former five-star recruit coming in. And you've got the active leader in college football, and Jared Doji, with uh, touchdown passes and yards, a pretty good room. All Troy did was go, you know, twelve and two. And they have an eleven game win streak. Mm, yeah. This year at Ole Miss, you've got a returning starter, you've got a four star coming in, and you have a transfer coming in who has thrown for just shy of ten thousand yards in his career, threw for twenty six forty two last year alone. Name me another school that's got two quarterbacks who each threw for 2,000 yards on their depth chart. Yeah, there's not one. And I think that, that that's one of the things, too. And to your point, when we're talking quarterback rooms, we're talking, obviously, the depth of that. And people might call you crazy because they're, well, Alabama's got Bryce Young. Yes, well, they, they don't, outside of Bryce Young, who else do they have? What experience do they have? What else does, uh, you know, the backup quarterback and even the third stringer bring to the table? That's where, when we talk about quarterback rooms, th- this is one of the best ones in the country. And as you mentioned uh, Spencer Sanders, very, very good. Um, Walker Howard, a guy that is were, was one of the highest-profile recruits for uh, Brian Kelly's first class, and then you get Jackson Darters in there. I mean, this battle will be really interesting. Do, do you have an inkling as to who you think would be the favorite? Probably Jackson Dart because he's been in the system before, but I think that Walker Howard's got enough potential, and Spencer Sanders is certainly good enough to to give Jackson a run for his money, I would think. Well, that's where I messed up last year. I thought Luke Altmaier was going to beat Dart out mm. for the uh, starting job. And what they did was they let Dart start, start the first game and Altmaier the second. Then they made the decision after that. Um, I I would like to think that Dart has a, you know, a heads up on this stuff. But Sanders just, come on, he is so good. And this is his last hurrah. That's why it yeah. kind of surprised me he went to Ole Miss. This is his last year. I don't think he went there to be a backup. I think that he went there to win the job and to show people I can play against an SEC defense instead of just a Big 12 defense. Yeah, yeah. Now, Howard's got right. three years left, so mm-hmm. I put him probably third on the list. But I, in an emergency, I wouldn't mind having him in. Well, right, and, and that's just the thing, too, is if you look, I mean, Spencer Sanders – 
is obviously a, a, a pretty solid pass for the football, also very mobile. Something he happens and he goes down. You've also got Jackson Darter and Walker Howard as those options there. So when we talk about talented quarterback rooms, something that's always uh, nice is to have a guy that you can go well, to. I put in the uh, story today, this reminds me of the running back room at Ole Miss last year. Ole Miss lost one guy to a transfer and lost two early to the NFL draft, and people said, oh, my God, we don't have anything. Then all Kevin did was sign um, – Oh, Quinchon Judkins out of high school and got a transfer, Zach Evans out of TCU, and Ulysses Bennett, uh, the fourth out of SMU. All three ended up in the top ten in rushing in the SEC, and Judkins led the league, and the only freshman to have more rushing yards in a season than him in the conference, Herschel Walker. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, and, and I think, too, in that, I, do you do you think, and we've seen – Lane Kiffin, of course, his offense. I mean, he his offense is very you know fast moving, obviously. But we saw a little bit, of, not necessarily a transition. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that, but a focus on the run game that maybe we haven't really seen before. Is that likely to be the case again for this upcoming season in the way that Lane Kiffin is going to run his offense and what Ole Miss is going to bring to the table against these other SEC teams? Not just a lot of high profile passing game and a lot of uh, spread stuff, but Within that, you get runs with Spencer Sanders or whoever, and then also the run game that, that they currently have as well. Is that the makeup of the roster to have a similar offense that they did this past season? Well, that's a misconception of this offense. Everybody thinks you're throwing it 40 yards down the field on every play. No, you're gassing the defense by letting them chase, the defensive backs chase the receiver 40 yards downfield, then having to turn around and having to hit a guy who's got 20 to 25 yards momentum coming at you. Mm. So... Uh, I think I think it's still going to be about 60-40 run heavy with Ole Miss this year. But the thing is, if you try to put eight in the box, you're dead because the Ole Miss passing attack is just going to beat you. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that, and then what makes – and given the start of this past season, real, real quick to recap some of it, for them to finish the, the way that they did, it, was there any sort of disappointment, I, I guess, in that? Obviously, I'm, I'm sure there would be. Um, but going into this offseason, what are the expectations going forward with this current group that, that Lane Kiffin's got? Of course, all the rumors surrounding him about, well, is he going to go to Auburn? Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Obviously, he's staying, and, and, and he stayed committed to that. Um, what are the expectations here for this upcoming season with the transfers and with the recruiting class coming in that Lane Kiffin's got? Well, last season, the schedule was just front-loaded for success. Uh, in the first four games, the only um, group, uh, only Power Five team they played was Georgia Tech, and they were just horrible at that time. Um, this coming, and they had to finish last year with six straight SEC West games. I don't think anybody wants to do that. But this year, uh, game two at Tulane, who just won the Cotton Bowl. Game four, Alabama. So this is not. It's a little more balanced this year. But it's if Ole Miss can go three and zero into the Alabama game and either win or keep it close, I kind of like the what they're going to do. Up until last week, I was asked on another show if I had to rank the uh, preseason SEC West. I had Ole Miss either sixth or seventh. Now I got them fourth. So just knowing they have that depth. And what that can do for the morale of a team, and plus, think about this: um, they they got a five-star receiver out of uh, Texas A&M, um, 
the Marshall kid who transferred. That's going to help the outside receivers. You got a couple of defensive backs coming in. JJ Pegues came in last year from Auburn, who's finally got you know he he now he knows the defense. So I, mean, I think I would put Ole Miss right now at about four, but we have another you know another portal window coming up, and we still haven't had the other signing day. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean it, I hate to say it, but you know I, I feel sort of sorry for rivals and scout. And I used to write for rivals, but. Mm. National Signing Day is kind of becoming a tad irrelevant. It's more, it's the portal now. A&M, they had that great class last year. They they are losing seven of those kids. Yeah. And I know that, I think LSU, I mean, even Alabama, Steve, uh, has got a oh, lot of yeah. guys who Alabama's are leaving. A bunch. So, I mean, it, it is it is not like Nick Saban is having to not worry about any of this. I mean, he's got a, a, a lot of guys who are leaving there. I mean, AM obviously has got guys. Florida has, has got a number of, of players. I mean, it's basically everybody's being affected by it, and it's trying to figure out and navigate how or how to go about your business. And I think that that's also very interesting, where Lane Kiffin, the person, comes into play as Steve Barnes of the Rebel Walk joins uh, the Sports Drive now. Lane is, I, I, I don't know if I... Well, I think what helps Kiffin is sure. he was with the Oakland Raiders for a few years, so he knows how the free agency works. Yeah. And I'm I'm working on a piece now, and I want to let the cat out of the bag too early. It's a new ranking. It's the retention and replenishment rankings of your roster because it's not talked about as much, but a college football coach right now, you have to recruit your own roster almost every day to keep a kid happy or he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. But when that kid leaves, what you replace it with? Like last year, I said the, the running backs left. He replaced him well. This year, he only had one quarterback. Replaced it well. It's it's what do you bring in? And Kiffin is really good. And I don't know if you've ever been to Oxford. It is not a tough place to recruit. Dude. The place is just absolutely gorgeous, and they get kids from all over the country. Uh, you want to talk about baseball uh, a little later? T.J. McCants. In center fields from Catholic High School yeah. in Pensacola. And he just absolutely loves Oxford. And speaking of Catholic High School, real quick, just on a personal note, I got a message from uh, my oldest neighbor in old Ken Cannon Hall on the first floor, John Langhorn, who said he was listening because he heard your promo. Lang, good to talk to you, buddy. Um, long time since Ken Cannon 125 and 126. <laughs> but I think John transferred in and there's there's an old saying, if you don't want to go to Old Miss, don't take a visit. Really? Okay. Yes. The place just it out of high school I was sold. I was going to Auburn. That was it. Really? Okay. And I and a high school teacher talked me into taking a trip to Old Miss. And once I pulled on campus, I said, Oh my God, this is what a college <laughs> looks like. I have one of one one of my good friends from high school actually, she um was Visiting schools, uh, I'm, I'm from the Midwest, from Indiana, so she visited, uh, of course, uh, Indiana. She, I think, had visited a couple of other schools, and then she visited Ole Miss. In a similar situation, totally and completely sold, I'm going to Ole Miss. There's nowhere else that I want to go. Um, and I've never been to Oxford myself, but just from hearing, you know, how people are, of course, in love with the Grove and everything like that and, and all the tradition that goes into Ole Miss, but also the, the uh, campus itself, it makes sense why... It's a very easy place to recruit 
kids to play sports alone, not only also just going to school as well. And and as you mentioned, the whole NFL deal, that's kind of the line that I was going down with, with, with Lane Kiffin is he's also a little bit active on social media. I mean, he, he seems to not necessarily be a little bit more hip, but he's a guy that I think is attractive and appealing for a lot of people to play for, especially if you're on the offensive side of the ball by the way that he does things, and then not to mention the campus as well. It's a very good place to be if you're Lane Kiffin. It makes sense why he wants to stay. I don't know why he would have wanted to go to Auburn anyways. That was an interesting rumor when it came up in the first place, too. Well, I, I wrote a story that got me a little troubled with my Auburn friends saying that Auburn <laughs> is just really not a good job. Yeah. Because once once you're done there, you're pretty much done in your career. But the thing about the personality with um, – with Kiffin, would, that's, I think, what attracted Matt Corral because he's a California guy. Mm. And Kiffin went to Fresno State. Then, you, I mean, you're getting this kid, Dart, who went to, you know, to USC. Now, I mean, now you got a kid from Texas coming in and a kid from Lafayette, Louisiana, with um, Howard. So you don't really have to just say, okay, I got a stakeout in Mississippi. But what's going to help with staking out Mississippi is now with the new defensive coordinator that Alabama seemed to hate. This guy's a Mississippi guy. He can actually, he knows so many people. He went to Delta State and I believe he coached at Southern. Now he's at Ole Miss. He has so many contacts. I think this is going to free up some other coaches to get out in the rest of the country and look for talent. Very, very good stuff. Again, Steve Barnes, senior writer at the Rebel Walk, joining the show now. Uh, real quick, I do want to. I, I, you and I had talked before, and you're like, oh, God, please don't make me talk about Ole Miss basketball. Um, just to mention it, because it is basketball season, they're 9-9, nine and 1-5 nine, and five in conference play, really not that good. They're basically at the bottom of the barrel of, of the SEC. It is, and Kermit Davis, you and I had talked about, has been there for a little bit. I mean, it, he he's at the end of his rope, it seems like, right, in, in regards to him being the coach, given how much better the SEC's gotten in hoops as well. Well, he's in his fifth year, but just the team is not going in the right direction. They, they only have one guy who's scoring in double digits. But, I mean, if you want to talk about Ole Miss basketball, please talk about the women. They're 16-3 and three and 5-1 and in the conference. So Coach Yo's got those, those girls playing. But the thing about Davis is um, I saw him I saw him beat um, U.S. Uh, I almost said USC, like, you know, USC, but South Carolina. <laughs> there you I go. saw him beat them on TV the other day, and it was just like, man, who who does not want to lose this game is the way that was played. If they, the team just seems to not have, I don't know, the enthusiasm as teams I've seen in the past. Mm. So uh, I, I think if this really goes south, and now with the, uh, the SEC schedule coming up, probably, if anything, will make the NIT. That just might spell the end of it for Coach Davis. Speaking of the women's team, so as you mentioned, they're 16-3, and three, fourth in the SEC. Uh, Angel Baker leading the way in terms of shooting percentage, also points per game, a little under 15, but also a couple of good recruits in Zakiah Stevenson and Jadore Young. The building of this Ole Miss women's basketball program, how have you seen over the course of the past few years the Ole Miss team get just, I guess, grow from that basketball program on the women's side? Well, I did a story with uh, Coach Yo, and um, she also coaches the uh, Jamaican national team, I believe, or the Bahamas national team. So she she knows what she's doing. If she didn't know what she was doing, Georgia wouldn't have been asked after her last year, and she stayed in Oxford because, as she told me, like I can get players here. If I can get them on campus, I can get them here. 
Mm, yeah. And, and the strange thing she told me was um, when a lot of the recruits get on campus, and this is women's basketball, what do they want to do first? They want to meet Lane Kiffin's dog. Wow. There you go. That 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 dog is just like a social that dog has got to be the most famous dog in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Superstar. State, but yeah. So I mean it's one of those things they have a great the Gillum complex is a great facility. Uh it's a great place to go to school. It's a great place to live. The town of Oxford just loves every all not just the athletes, they just love the students. Great. So it yeah. That's how she's getting them, and I think she thought, well, I'm going to get more players here than I would probably at UGA because at UGA they're selling, we're close to Atlanta, and Oxford selling, we're Oxford. Yeah. And and I think if you talk to um, – well, I talked to uh, TJ McCant's parents, the baseball player, and they had no problem with him going eight hours away because they loved Oxford. They said, well – you know, he's going to have a good time there. He's going to get good education, and he's never going to be lonely. Mm. But people in town are going to embrace him. Very, very good. And obviously, you know, as a parent, those are some of the things you're most concerned about, not only the program itself that they're going to play with, but also the education and the environment in Oxford. And speaking of the baseball team, fourth in the uh, D- in D1 baseball's uh, opening Preseason top 25 rankings, LSU number one, Tennessee number two. Ole Miss comes in at four as the third-ranked SEC team. The The prospect for this team, the ceiling is obviously to win, I would say, the College Road Series. But go, going into it, what needs to be done for this team to get the momentum rolling that they need to have a good season? Well, three uh, seniors left last year with Captain Tim Elko, um, uh, Kevin Graham, and Justin Bench, they all came back for their senior year. They said, we want to go to Omaha. And halfway through last year, losing record. And they just sort of said, hey, let's just play ball. And then, like Elko said, when they got picked as the last team in the tournament last year, by the way, hey, don't let the Rebs get hot. Yeah. And they stormed through the uh, Miami Regional. Then just they didn't allow a run to Southern Miss and the Super Regional. And they've got to replace those three guys, but they've got guys behind them. They always say a baseball team is strong up the middle. Well, at shortstop, you got Jacob Gonzalez coming back, and he is a surefire first-round pick in June. Second base, you have uh, Peyton Chatnier, and this kid's just – he's a, the best way to describe him, he's a baseball player. He plays second base, but he's going to cover from foul line to – short center field and he's mm. going to get you base hits mm. then in center field you got tj mccants again and all he does is get better he got hurt in the um in the regional at coral gables here at his wrist and so they let him have one at bat in at southern miss and he hit one out of the ballpark and he just went to mike bianco the coach and said see told you i'm better <laughs> there you go. then they get then he gets to omaha and in the first game of the finals against oklahoma he starts the back-to-back-to-back home runs and then in the final game that won the national championship, he laces a single up the middle to knock the starter out. No miss wins four two. The kid is just he's a baseball player too, and he just wins. Lo- love that stuff. And then also with him being local too is obviously very, very special to Pensacola um as well. And Ole Miss looking to 
repeat as oh, I would love for him to get I would love for him to get drafted this year with the uh, Marlins though his brother was how cool would it be to have the McCant brothers play for the uh, Blue Wahoo one time that would be so so awesome and obviously they would of course be fan favorites immediately um but hopefully TJ is going to have, have a good year and I mean as far as his draft prospect I, I mean is he first round talent is he a little he's he's the early rounds I would say for sure is there a certain number or round that he could be eyeing here along with some some of the other guys on the roster. Well, last year they were saying anywhere from third to fifth. And you have to understand, he's only played center field for two years. At Catholic, he was second baseman or shortstop. So his freshman year, somebody got hurt, and they said, well, can you go out there and play some center field? He's just learning that position, and he's learned it well. And he has got an arm out there. who He can throw anybody out from any position in the outfield, I think. But when he goes out in the gap, people think twice about tagging up. So his arm, I think, is underrated. His hitting for power might be a little overrated. I think he's more of a he's more of a Wade Boggs type error to me. He can get one out of the ballpark, no problem. But he's going to hit more line drives than, than you know, 425-foot bombs. Very, 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 very fundamentally sound. And those, those are guys that are obviously very, very attractive. And when – you're fast and you can throw and you can do a little bit of everything. It's a very appealing prospect. TJ McCants from Pensacola for Ole Miss. Uh, Steve Barnes from the Rebel Walk, senior writer. You can check out, again, his piece on the rebelwalk.com uh, all about the quarterback room for Ole Miss and Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard. Steve, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. You have a good weekend. Anytime, guys.